That's our Lord's promise to us, is it not? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, what does his name mean? His name, if you look up the meaning of Jesus, Joshua, um, salvations of the Lord, or salvations of Jehovah. And wherever that glorious gospel uh, is declared of his blessed person and his, save, and, his, and, and his finished saving work, he's in, there, in the midst of them. Salvations of the Lord, how that the, the angel from the very throne of God declared to Joseph, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There's no, no hint or no suggestion that he's trying to save everyone. I mean, that's just antichrist, is it not? No, beloved, he was given commandment of his father to come into the world and save his people. And that's exactly what he did. Now, I've been thinking about this uh, morning for a while now, uh, anticipating as we've been going through the, the alpha and omega of our salvation, the A to Z, if you will. Uh, our first uh, study, we looked at the letter A, and we were reminded from God's word there in Revelation how our Lord and God himself uh, spoke of himself as the almighty Savior, the almighty God. And then uh, the following Sunday, we looked at the letter B, <laughs> and we were there blessed to, uh, I believe, uh, our brother uh, our brother Gary was, how about beautiful? And that's exactly right. Our Lord Jesus Christ is beautiful. And we're reminded of that passage in Psalm 110, verse 3, and it describes him as uh, the beauties of holiness, which brings to mind another bee, uh, beloved. That's why the Father said in a cloud from above, uh, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3 at the last verse there, if I'm not mistaken. And then in Matthew chapter 17, our Heavenly Father repeats from heaven again to the disciples, uh, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased here ye him. And I pray that the Lord would enable all of us again afresh to do that. It's a miracle of, of God's grace if we hear him and we believe on him. We, we left to ourselves, uh, we'd just be put on a show. And uh, sadly, some people do it real well, do it real well up until that, uh, that appointed judgment. But for God's people, uh, we know <laughs> We rejoice that it is a, it is a is exactly as our Lord and God said. He says it's a, a being a born from above, being born from above, and that's why he he told Nicodemus. He said, "No one may see, no one may enter the kingdom of heaven except they be born of the Spirit." But just before that, he talked about the water, didn't he? Born of the water and the Spirit, and that water is the truth as it is in Jesus. It's it's the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and. When the Spirit comes in power, <laughs> He quickens someone who is just a moment before dead and sins and trespasses and then is made a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus by the power of God's Spirit. Now, before we enter into this second or this third uh, message on uh, the Alpha and Omega of our salvation, the A to Z, if you will, um, I'd like you to, to direct you to Acts chapter 8. And I'll just give a real cursory summary of what we see in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we see the method, the means, and the message of salvation. 
the, the method, the means, and the message of salvation. In the very beginning of Acts chapter 8, we see the method. What's the method God has been pleased to use? He'll send a man to his people. And that's what we find in Philip. Philip was sent to this particular man from Ethiopia, the eunuch. And uh, in this chapter also, we learn not only the, the method, but the means. What is the, the means? Preaching. That's what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. It says there, ever so blessedly, I rejoice to read this. <laughs> it pleased God through the foolishness of, of preaching to save them that believe. And you know better, beloved. We're not talking about foolish preaching. The Lord God is just saying, the natural man will mock and call it utter foolishness, this glorious gospel of substitution and satisfaction. They will say, that's foolishness. That don't make a lick of sense to me. And it never will, unless God shows you what you are in the light of Christ. See, he only saves sinners. He only sees saves evil, wicked men and women and no other. And so in Acts chapter 8, if you have some time, just read through it. It's, it's, the, it's the method. God, a God-sent man. God will send a man. The, the, the means, preaching, and then the message. Isn't it wonderful? Acts chapter 8, verse 35. We see there in Acts chapter 8, verse 35. <laughs> then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And I take that for my liberty this morning to go through these uh, seven um, characteristics of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, these seven attributes of our, of our Savior, beloved. The first one is, is, is this. And uh, I remember when uh, I learned a little bit about this. <laughs> I came home right away and I told Sandra, I said, did you know that Jesus Christ is the creator of all things? <laughs> I didn't know that. So let's begin with that first letter C, creator. Beloved, he is creator. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 1. It says there in Genesis chapter 1, In the beginning, God created all things. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, what does uh, our brother John think about Christ? Does he uh, have the same God-revealed understanding that his son, God's well-pleasing son, is in fact the creator? Look what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1. It says there, In the beginning, was the Word. And that capital W Word is speaking about none other than the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, again, we're talking about Christ being our Creator, and that He is. He is our Creator. <laughs> he is the Creator of that uh, Creatura, in su vientre, right? He is the creator of all life. I'm looking at your eyes. You're looking at my eyes. He's the one who created us. <laughs> he's our creator, Gary. Allison, he's our creator. He made us. 
says all things, not some things, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And then in John chapter 14, again, uh, I'm so thankful for this record of God that we have of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. And our brother John records for us in John chapter 14, verse 9. And remember, this is just before Philip asked our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, show us the Father, show us our heavenly Father, and it sufficeth us. And verse 9, And the Lord Jesus saith unto Philip, Have I been so long time with you, Philip, and yet hast thou not known? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. So that's the first letter, see, Creator. The Lord Jesus Christ is our Creator, Savior. And I would also add, our Savior is the uh, come quickly, come again Savior. Come quickly, come again, Savior. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 22. Beloved, he is coming quickly. It says in Revelation chapter 22, in the very last verse, verse 20, 20, verse 20, he which testifieth these things saith, and, and this is in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, Beloved, surely I come quickly. He is the come quickly Savior. Amen. Even so, God's people, we all say with our brother John, Come, Lord Jesus. Come. And then he's the come again Savior. Not only is he coming quickly, beloved, but he's coming again. Maybe that is a cause for some anxious thought. Is it? Well, don't be discouraged. Listen to our Lord and God. John chapter 14, he says, Beloved, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He is the come quickly, come again Savior. And beloved, he will come again and receive you unto myself, he says, that where I am, there you may be also. So he is the creator God, the creator Savior. He is the come quickly, come again Savior. And then also he is the, the covering Savior. The covering Savior. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 3. And I love this glimpse we have of God's purpose salvation for his people. It's not a proposition for sinners to receive or reject. It is a purpose salvation from before the foundation of the world. And we see a glimpse of, of it in this picture. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins. These, these, uh, there was a, an animal sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, as a substitutionary picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says there, and clothe them. He is the Savior who clothes us. How wonderful is that, beloved? And in Exodus 33, again, the same picture. We read the same words being covered. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, the Lord God, Jehovah, makes coverings. 
And he doesn't leave it up to us to put those coverings on, beloved. In power, he covers us. He's the one who covers us. And in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, it says there, and this is Moses begging Jehovah God, the thrice holy God, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And Jehovah said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. He's the, the covering Savior. He's the, the, the Savior who's the, the cleft in the rock. And when you hear him talk about covering us with his hand, what does it bring to mind? If not, John chapter 10. How wonderful. The same gospel we read in the Old Testament, we read in the New Beloved. In John's gospel, chapter 10, listen to what our Lord and God Jesus Christ says. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. How come? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith, beloved. He's the Alpha and Omega of all our salvation. And he continues, Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, were in his hand, his almighty hand. Verse 29, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand, out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. The Father's hand is the Son's hand, and beloved, we're kept by His power. Isn't that what we read in First Peter chapter one, verse five? How we're kept by the power of God through faith, through the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ to that ready salvation. Don't you love that? <laughs> it's a ready salvation. It's it's a it's a salvation where we've been saved to the uttermost. So we're just looking at a few C's. He's the creator savior. He's the come quickly, come again savior. He's the covering savior. He's the cleft of our salvation. And uh, this blessed cleft, we see another picture of it, not only in Exodus chapter 3, verse 18, but look what it says in Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verse 7. It says there in Psalm 32, Verse 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Songs of redemption. And one glorious day, beloved, we will sing that new song. That new song in, in, in glory singing. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For by... For, for, for by... For thou wast slain, and by thy blood you have redeemed us unto God out of every tribe, people, tongue, and nation on the earth. Uh, I don't have any problem <laughs> with a preacher saying the Lord Jesus Christ died for all men. As long as you make this distinction. <laughs> he died for all men without distinction. Isn't it a, it's, it's a glorious gospel. And it's not... Uh, this false gospel that's peddled up and down 59, you know, where they, they preach a universal redemption and they make salvation conditioned upon what the creature will or will not do. What a 
false message. What a what a what an antichrist, unglorifying message. It, it dishonors the Lord Jesus Christ because it has nothing to do with what He did. Nothing to do with what He did. You see, our Lord and God Jesus Christ is a commanded Savior. <laughs> the Father commanded His Son to come into the world and save His people. Now you think about this for a moment, beloved. Our Heavenly Father commanded the eternal Son of God to do something. Do you think He did it? <laughs> he most certainly did. We see the first glimpse of this glorious gospel command, and I'm not presuming to exhaust all of this. This is just me looking and and being blessed to see the gospel and the Word of God. And it says in Hebrews, if you'll look there with me, in Hebrews chapter 10, how wonderful is this? Now, I'm going to back this up with our Lord's own plain teaching. And in Hebrews chapter 10, oh, that the Lord would open up the hearts of everyone in this auditorium and have you pledge allegiance to God's King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 says there, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, the God-man, the Son of God, the Son of Man, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. He is a commanded Savior. Now, why does that give us such great comfort? Why? Well, look what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 10. John's Gospel, chapter 10. It says there, I'll begin reading in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling hath not the shepherd... Sorry, verse 12. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known of mine. And it continues there in verse 15. As a father knoweth me, even so I, so know I the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay down my, my uh, lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment, this commandment have I received of my Father. He is a commanded Savior, a commanded Savior. And then also, when we think about him being a commanded Savior, we think of him, do we not, as the captain of our salvation? Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Hebrews chapter 2. Oh, that the Lord would <laughs> revive us as we see our, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, high and lifted up. He is the 
captain of our salvation. For it became him, Hebrews 2 verse 10, for whom all, for whom are all things and by whom are all things in the bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Perfect through suffering. You know, the captain, the captain who, who conquers. And we can go through, I mean, I've only limited it to seven C's, but there's so many more. <laughs> um, how about we just take a few moments to conclude with this blessed thought. He is a complete Savior. He saves us completely and utterly and truly. Uh, look what it says in Colossians chapter 2. We just read a wonderful verse in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, I wonder about that monk who, uh, <laughs> who, who divided the Bible into chapters and verses. Because there were no chapters and verses before that German monk put them all there. And here's another wonderful passage. We read it in Hebrews 2, 10. How about this wonderful passage here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Now, I'll, I'll begin reading in verse... 9 again. This is speaking about, again, how he is our creator, Savior. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Complete, beloved. A, a, a full and complete pardon of all your sins and a righteousness, a perfect righteousness that you have nothing whatsoever to do with. He established righteousness on the earth on behalf of his people. And when we think about a complete Savior, well, a complete Savior is going to save all his people. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, going back to where we were just looking. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 13. It says there, And again, I will put my trust in him. In who? In the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Behold, I and the children which God hath given me. This is what the Son will say to the Father, that in the covenant of grace, all that the Father gave his Son in covenant agreement, in covenant engagement, in a covenant accomplishment, the Lord Jesus Christ will stand as the Savior of his people. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Wherefore, he is able... And we're talking about our complete Savior. And we've just gone through a few of these. He is the Creator Savior. He is the Come Quickly, Come Again Savior. He is the Savior who covers. He is the, the, the cleft of our salvation, beloved, the commanded Savior, the captain of our salvation, and He is a gloriously complete Savior. Look what it says again, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Wherefore, the Lord Jesus Christ is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. A complete Savior. And we could go on and on. I, I don't have this in my notes. But look what it says in the last part of Jude. And I'll, I'll conclude with this. In that small general epistle of Jude, the, the, that little book just before Revelation, just one chapter, it says there at the end, now unto him, unto the Lord Jesus Christ, 
that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I read that a little bit too fast, didn't I? Maybe you missed it. Let me read that again and slowly emphasize what maybe somebody didn't hear. May the Lord bless his word with his spirit, even now. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless, innocent, not guilty, before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. His glory. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, how that our Heavenly Father made His darling, well-pleasing Son. He who did no sin, thought no sin, not, not a single thing was sinful about the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Yet He was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> so, uh, Joseph, you you sad or you happy? <laughs> oh, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Salvations of the Lord, beloved. Never forget it. Salvations of the Lord. I pray the Lord would be pleased to hide some of these precious details about our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Oh, we can, I said that I didn't limit it. Let's hear one more. Let's hear one more. Oh, I was thinking that. Absolutely. He is the God of all comfort. Let's look that up. Uh, there is, it's mentioned in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I remember, Gary, talking to a fellow from Canada and he seemed to be all happy about some message. A uh, a wolf was preaching. And he was going on about the God of all comfort. And instead of talking about our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, he was talking about Satan. Just, just whipping the people, saying, oh, we're all comforted too much. We need to get busy. We need to get working. And I told my friend, I said, uh, I've never heard a more antichrist message in my life. And he was just shocked, just shocked. I said, look what it says right here. It says, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. All comfort. And uh, our brother Gary was right to point out Isaiah. And it's, uh, this, this, is, this is the only comfort we have, beloved. When... We come together into this place and our brother Tyler started off the message praying how that we're two or three. We sang that too. We're two or three are gathered together in his name where, where we preach salvations of the Lord, where we preach Christ and him crucified, where he gets all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. He's there in the midst of them. And it is only the blood of Christ. It is only the righteousness of, of Christ that will comfort his people. Any other kind of comfort you're getting? Um, that's just flesh. That's just idolatry. If if you read a devotion this week and you were pretty consistent about it and you're feeling a little better about yourself, that's not the comfort we're talking about. We're talking about the comfort that comes only through resting and trusting and just just 
rejoicing in the doing and dying of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. It's a double comfort. We, we get that right from the very first verse. <laughs> he didn't say it one time, he says it two times. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Speak to the heart of my people, my church, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. <laughs> peace, perfect peace. Tell her her iniquity is pardoned. I'm not going to look at your filthy rag anymore. <laughs> I'm going to look at your substitute now, the perfect righteousness of my son. Tell her her iniquity is pardoned, that she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Double for all her sins. Now, by way of conclusion, before I ask uh, our brother to conclude our time, our study in prayer. I want to hear a double comfort again. <laughs> Hebrews 8, verse 12. How wonderful is this? I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Hebrews 10, verse 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen.